Welcome to So Choose Joy. I'm your host, Dana Stone, and I invite you to join me in learning how to experience true joy every day as we navigate the highs and lows of this amazing journey that we call life. Welcome back to episode six of my So Choose Joy podcast. I'm your host, Dana Stone. And my hope is that with each of these episodes, you're reminded that joy can be your constant companion, even during the most difficult of seasons, because God has been and always will be right there with you. Today, I'm going to share my sixth midnight to morning moment, learning how the love of God can move us from doubt to belief. Doubt, to be uncertain, to regard with suspicion, to hesitate to believe truth. Because I grew up in a military family, we moved quite a few times during my childhood. There were a lot of great things about experiencing life in so many different parts of the world, but one of the downsides was that we didn't really have the opportunity to get to know our extended family. My maternal grandparents, my aunt and her family, and my uncle all lived on one coast and my paternal grandparents lived on the other. So my relationships with them never had the chance to develop or deepen. The years went by and life continued and one by one, my extended family passed away. But there was always Uncle Frank, my mother's youngest sibling. Uncle Frank lived in a small town on Long Island As a matter of fact, except for a short stint in the army, he lived in the same house he had called home since birth. Uncle Frank had never married or had children and he lived a very simple orderly life. He was a dedicated employee and a trustworthy friend. Although our lives didn't intersect very often, he never missed sending me a card on my birthday, our anniversary, and Christmas. We'd talk by phone occasionally, but as life often does, days turn to months and months to years. And then several years ago, all that changed. In 2016, I felt the Lord asking me to reconnect with Uncle Frank, who at the time was 88 years old and still living in that same house. I talked to my husband and we decided to take a trip up to Long Island to visit him. I was excited to have the opportunity to see him and spend time in the town where my mom grew up. We spent four days there that fall and really enjoyed our time with him. We got to spend time with a cousin who had been his caretaker for a long time. We had never really gotten a chance to get to know her either. Now, Uncle Frank was cautious in opening up to us. And I am sure he wondered what my intentions were after all those years. And honestly, I wasn't quite sure what the Lord's plans were either. After we got home, I began to call him monthly. And before I knew it, we were planning another trip to New York. So in the spring of 2018, we headed back up to Long Island, this time with one of our sons, my brother, and my sister-in-law. We had a fantastic visit and even met a few other relatives for the first time. 
My relationship with my uncle started to slowly deepen and we continued our monthly phone calls. I really enjoyed the bond that was being forged. In the fall of that year, Uncle Frank began to have some medical issues that required a live-in caretaker. Now, my cousin had been a faithful companion and caretaker for my uncle through the years, but as his health became more unstable, it was time for a decision to be made. My husband and I both agreed we wanted Uncle Frank's in Texas with us. So we asked him to move here so that my family and I could assist him on a daily basis. It was a very difficult decision for him, leaving the place he had always called home, and he still doubted why we wanted him to come. But in the end, he reluctantly agreed. So we flew back to New York in February of 2019 to help with the packing and to bring Uncle Frank back to his new home. Now he insisted on living on his own. So we found an assisted living facility just a few minutes from us. And that was the perfect place for him. Once we got him settled into his apartment, a new normal took shape. I visited him every single day and we would spend time together talking about everything under the sun. It was wonderful to have him in my life, and my family loved getting to know him as well. He spent birthdays and holidays with us and loved being around our children and grandchildren. He finally had an opportunity to experience what being part of a close-knit family was like. Everything was going great until early July when the assisted living facility called me one morning to tell me they had called an ambulance for my uncle. I met him in the ER and after many tests, the doctors told us that he had suffered a serious heart attack. That began a four month journey of hospitals, rehabs and doctor's appointments that ultimately ended in his death the day before Thanksgiving. But it was during those four months that I believe the purpose for reconnecting with my uncle was finally revealed. You see, my uncle grew up in a Christian home, but after he was discharged from the army in the 50s, he told me that the church left him and he didn't feel welcome there anymore. He would go to church occasionally for Christmas or a funeral, but he spent most of his adult life indifferent to anything to do with religion and doubted the reality of God. I wanted Uncle Frank to experience the God I knew and see what an impact the Lord had made in my life and the lives of my family. I wanted him to experience the joy and serenity that comes from a life yielded to the God who loves us unconditionally. I wanted him to know and understand the truth of Jesus as his Savior. So I asked the Lord to use our family to help him see that truth. And as the months went on and our relationship grew stronger, Uncle Frank actually started bringing up the subject of God to me. He talked about God being too busy to care about him. He questioned a God that would allow our world to be so filled with such evil and hate. 
He lamented about churches that didn't include the normal Joe, but instead were only worried about money and growth. His conversations always seemed to focus on the depravity of man and a God who seemed too busy to care. So, as we talked, I shared stories about how my relationship with the Lord had totally transformed my life. I gave him examples of how the Lord had graciously forgiven past failures, healed broken places in my heart, and given me joy and peace to rise above the trials of life. Over those months, I saw the Lord began to quietly speak to my uncle's heart, and the walls of hurt and disappointment began to crumble. Doubt began to give way to curiosity. And then came his last trip to the hospital. Rehab was going well at the time, and we had just signed a lease in a new assisted living community that would be able to provide Uncle Frank with the physical therapy and medical assistance he'd need after so many months in the hospital and rehab facilities. It was a Saturday morning and we were going to move him from the rehab facility into his new apartment the following Monday. I came to see him that morning to finalize the plans and when I walked into his room, I found him in his bed unconscious. He was rushed to the ER and after tests were completed and they had stabilized Uncle Frank, the doctor came in and let us know that my uncle had suffered a massive heart attack. The prognosis was grim. His organs were failing and his heart had been damaged beyond repair. Uncle Frank made the decision that day to enter hospice. So he was moved upstairs and later that evening hospice began. Well, the next two days, he and I spent every waking moment together. We spent our time reminiscing about his life, writing down his wishes, and having quiet conversations about the Lord. As his earthly heart grew weaker, his desire to hear about Jesus grew stronger. I kept worship music playing 24 hours a day, and as he slept, I prayed over him and asked the Holy Spirit to move in my uncle's heart and turn his doubt to belief in a Savior who had been with him through it all. Tuesday morning, my uncle woke up extremely talkative. He shared stories from his childhood for over an hour and then grew quiet. It was the last time I heard my uncle's voice. As the day went on and medication for his comfort began, I set up watch by his bed. Worship music was my companion as I spent the evening talking to my uncle about Jesus. I've been told that a person's sense of hearing stays strong, even when a person isn't conscious, and I knew that my uncle could hear what I was saying. So I told Uncle Frank that Jesus went willingly to the cross for him, that his sins would be forgiven. I let him know about the unmerited love that was poured out for him on that cross. I told him there was an eternal home in heaven waiting for him, and that even though he couldn't say the words out loud, he could say the words in his heart because the Lord knew his heart better than anyone else. 
I quietly led him in the prayer of salvation, pausing after each sentence to allow the Holy Spirit to move in that sacred moment. As I finished the prayer, my uncle's face relaxed and an overwhelming wave of peace spilled over him and filled the room. He squeezed my hand several times and I knew at that moment that a life that had been spent filled with doubt about a God he didn't understand had now been transformed by the truth of a savior sent just for him and belief was my uncle's response. It was a little after midnight at the time and I was tired so I went home to get a little bit of rest and at 5.15 I woke up uh, feeling like someone had punched me in the stomach. I tried to go back to sleep but after a few minutes I knew the Lord was telling me to go back to the hospital. I quietly got dressed, slipped out of the house, and made my way back to my uncle's floor in the hospital. The nurses were surprised to see me and told me that he was resting peacefully. I walked in his room at 6.03 a.m. and immediately knew that his time on earth with us was almost over. I turned on the quiet worship music, pulled my chair close to his bed, and I began to talk to him about all the wonderful moments we had shared over the last nine months, about how much his family loved him, and about how proud I was that he had made the decision to believe and receive Jesus as his Savior. And then I took his hand and I said, Uncle Frank, you made the decision to believe in God and to trust Jesus with your life. And now he's waiting for you. If you'll take one last breath here on earth, you'll get to breathe for eternity in heaven. My amazing 91-year-old uncle, the devoted, loyal, wonderful man that I had the privilege of calling family, took one last breath and entered heaven. The presence of God permeated that room and saturated my soul with gratitude and joy. Gratitude for a life well lived. Gratitude for having the opportunity to spend nine amazing months with him. Gratitude for the stories, the laughter, the deep discussions about life and faith, and the wisdom that he had imparted to me. Gratitude that the Lord's timing is always perfect. And most of all, gratitude for a Savior who doesn't ever give up on us, who can change our doubt to belief, even to our last breath. His love knows no bounds. His truth knows no limits. And he is relentless in his pursuit of us. And that is something we can believe in. So my question for you is this, how do we move from the midnight moment of doubt into the morning light of belief? Belief, an acceptance that something exists and is true. Trust, faith, and confidence in someone. You know, seasons of I life will ebb and flow. 
constantly changing and moving, shifting from sadness to joy, rejection to acceptance, failure to victory, pain to peace. But there's one constant that you can always count on. God is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. His love for you will never waver. When life seems to push you to the brink and doubt clouds your mind into thinking that there is no hope to be found, take a deep breath, close your eyes, and allow your spirit to connect with heaven. You will find him there. His eyes are always on you. His arms always outstretched to comfort you. His smile always present as he delights in who you are, just as you are. And his heart is beating with pride in you. That connection between heaven and earth is when hope rises. Belief will take root and you can find the strength to stand again. Confident knowing that he will be there with you through it all. John 14, Jesus tells his disciples on his last night with them, All this I have spoken while still with you, but the Counselor, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Believe in God and believe also in me. He continues in John 15 by stating that for them to bear fruit, they had to abide in him at all times as branches to a vine. We know that branches must stay connected to the vine to survive. The vine supplies the structure needed for the plant to stand firmly in the soil and provides the avenue for nourishment to be sent to the branches so they can grow, thrive, blossom, and be fruitful. Jesus is our vine, our source of life. The Holy Spirit is the nourishment that flows through the vine to the branches. His job is to grow us in wisdom and truth so that we can produce fruit that can be used for kingdom purposes. It's that fruit that will draw others to experience the same saving grace he has lavished on us. Jesus' gift to the disciples that night was the gift of belief. He told them he would send them the Holy Spirit to teach them everything they needed to live an abundant, belief-filled life. That gift came with a price, and Jesus willingly paid it once for all. He took our sins and carried them to the cross. But that wasn't the end of the story. Three days later, Jesus overcame death is now preparing a home for each of us in eternity. So what's our response to this amazing gift? We choose him. 
we choose to be intentional in our belief in his goodness and his faithfulness and in staying connected to him. We graft ourselves into him so deeply, so tightly that his spirit flows freely through every tissue of our body. Because when we allow him total access to every aspect of our lives, we continually receive more of him, which leads to a deeper trust and belief in who he is and what he will accomplish in and through us. It's a beautiful cycle that enables the Holy Spirit to reveal more truth to us, which then strengthens our belief. And that is what enables us to abundantly live out the plans and purposes God has deposited within us to further his kingdom here on earth with confidence, trust, and belief that he is whom he says he is, and he will do what he says he will do. Let's pray. Lord, I choose to believe in you. I choose to believe that the plans and purposes you have from our life are bigger and better than any momentary trial I experience. Holy Spirit, I yield my doubt to you and I lean into your wisdom and counsel so that my belief will rise and strengthen with each new day. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, our focus scriptures for this week. John 20, 29. Jesus said to him, Have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Ephesians 1.13 In him you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of salvation, and believed in him, were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit. 1 Thessalonians 2.13 and we also thank God continually because when you received the word of God, which you heard from us, you accepted it not as a human word, but as it actually is the word of God, which is indeed at work in you who believe. And John twenty thirty one. But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing, you may have life in his name. The Lord bless you and keep you and make his face shine upon you. I look forward to being with you next time. Thanks so much for joining me today. May the joy of the Lord be yours today. See you next time.